Hi everyone, I'm Mansa. And I'm Portia. Welcome to Assume It Will Be Brilliant. Hey, <laughs> hey, this one is our very much live wire episode. How are you doing? We are spitballing. <laughs> It's true. It's true. I'm good. I'm I just um, recovering from a breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I was a ba- I was literally a, a kid um, this morning because it was snowing, and I was taking all the videos. And I, I went outside, and I was playing. I was so happy. So it's been a roller coaster. How are you doing? I'm well. Today is a I can't believe it's snowing in Joburg. That's I, I mean it does that from time to time. But I've never seen live snow. I've seen it after it snowed. In the night it snowed. Not live in the in the day. <laughs> are you saying that the snow only snows when people are asleep? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, I'll take it. Um, no, I'm doing well. I, I got a good night's sleep last night. It's been a busy time for me. I'm in Toronto. I've been performing at the Fringe Festival out here with some of my comedian friends. And it's been um, it's been very fun. It's been very healing. I have nerves all the way up until I open my mouth. And then I have a big, oh, I was just so public hangover once I'm done I don't I don't get it and I I know other comedians will say we don't really get it it's kind of like a sweet torture you know what I mean it's you feel good when you're like I did that you know (laughs) (laughs) so that's been good um and it's also been fun to be like a scrappy theater person I think we spoke about it in like season one when we were talking about the stories that shape us and I think I mentioned like going to, to law school like I had an interest but I always wonder like is that what I would have chosen if I didn't want to signal that I was making good, smart, responsible choices because mm. I didn't want my family to worry about me? I would have loved to take speech and drama fully and like do it more. And in the show we're doing, it's part sketch. Like we're all c- comedian, we're all stand up. So we, we do our little comedy in between, but we're doing uh, like very short sketches, which involves like some acting, you know, and we had to make up our characters and do all this stuff. And also because it's a French festival, like I have flyers in my bag, you know, Oh, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like walking around being like, do you like comedy? Like, you should come to our show. <laughs> I kind of feel like I'm young. Like, I'm a young person. It's like, please come, you know? So anyway, that's been good. I'm so glad. I'm so happy. And I actually do remember season one when you spoke about, you know, you would have done drama um, because, yeah, I do remember that. And now you're doing it. Imagine. It's true. Imagine imagine it's how life happens the universe conspires <laughs> yes I have this um theory because like you know how like you watch people and you're like oh you can you, you they're struggling to like figure it out and like da, 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 da. but then I feel like the larger story of you like if everybody's story is a movie or like has an arc of like part one part two part three or whatever I feel like even when you're in your small self you know that's like right now like I can't get a job like let's say that's your main problem or like this isn't working for me like the larger story of you is always kind of happening anyway you know what I mean so whatever you were trying to do or drawn to when you were younger that's like true truly authentically yours like it's always just around like trying to have even when you're like I love your lady (laughs) (laughs) it's like no you're not you clown (laughs) that's true 
true. That's so true. Like it always, it does always come around some way, somehow, but let's not get too deep because uh, today we're doing our season three roundup. Mm -hmm. Um, We haven't done this before, but we've just been thinking about the different episodes we've recorded for this season and um, some of our opinions have changed or there's some things we'd like to add to some of the things we've said. Like Portia wants to, again, boldly apologize for her thoughts on Bridgerton, not on Bridgerton, on Queen Charlotte. <laughs> and we want it on the record again. It's <laughs> for emphasis. So let's not get into it now. You'll have okay. your opportunity, Portia. Okay. And I think we'll probably also touch a bit on maybe even season two or season one or other things we want to say. And we will have another episode after this. And we will be covering a show that I am obsessed with. When I say I love this show, it is truly, madly, deeply. So please get ready. Get ready. People get ready. ready. I'm coming. But in the meantime, let's chat season three. Yes. What do you want to say about Queen Charlotte Porsche? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What I want to say is I realized later on I was being too serious, that I was taking everything way too seriously. (laughs) I still I stand by what I said from the point of view that I said it from, right? And I I said what I said, yes. And I do think that not taking things seriously can sometimes get us into trouble. For instance, look at what Disney princesses and princes have done to our conceptions of romantic love and the problems Mm. that appear in real life, you know? So I Mm. think that that's, that still exists for me. I don't, I still don't really love like just being like, Oh, this is, this is the most beautiful romantic thing in the world. But I, I do also appreciate that this is a TV show that is based on fictional romance novels that the Shonda team have then taken license to like, racialized for the sake of not having a TV show that's like just filled with only white folks again, even in a period piece. And I love period pieces. And so I like, I was like, this is, it's just a a love story that is made like this on purpose. It's meant to be heightened. It's meant to be garish. It's meant to be dramatic. And like, it did that. You know what I mean? It really did that very well. I don't want to take away also from the amazing performances um, by the like the actress who did Lady Danbury and played Queen Charlotte, young Charlotte, and even older Charlotte. I love them all. And mm. um, I love that it's like three generations, three very different generations of like mm. excellent Black dresses. Yeah. I like that the, the ones who are being introduced to us get such a wonderful platform. I like that the older Queen Charlotte is this European actress. And a lot of times I lived in Europe and I like European blacks are different and I love them, you know, (laughs) going and I like that we're highlighting the artist, you know, from that space. So basically I came in way too hot, way too serious, way too like, "Mm, I'm gonna intellectualize this, you know? So I, I do, I do have regrets for not being more poetic and sunshiny about it and joining you in your joy. Not regret. I think it's just, I completely see everything you were saying. And I think it's an addition. It's additional, you know, it's not um, a bad thing. So I really appreciate your thoughts on it. And at the same time, I'm also like, yeah, it was fun. I really loved it. And I watched it again. And (laughs) I got the book. (laughs) And I'm obsessed. I I appreciate that Porsche because that is what I wanted to hear. I think, um, yeah, I think what she was doing is, you know, subverting 
what we usually would see in a period piece and also just like having fun. So I do appreciate that. I actually, on another thing, and I think we, so we've done for this specific season, we did two reality TV dating shows. We did Love is Blind and then we did The Ultimatum. I think it's an additional thing that I want to just highlight is I was actually listening to a podcast today and I think it's called This Will Be Uncomfortable or This Is um, Something About Being Uncomfortable. And this lady speaks to these three people who are involved in reality TV. So two are producers Mm-hmm. And one is um, one from Indian matchmaking, uh, one lady who was on Indian matchmaking. And the one was a casting producer on The Bachelor and another was an actual producer of the show, on, on of The Bachelor. And I think sometimes, because I love these shows and even though I'm so aware of the edits and whatever, sometimes I can even get into the space of villainizing these people who've been edited. And even in, I remember we did the Love is Blind, Blindsided episode last season. Just like a reminder for myself, watching these reality shows, it is an edit and we don't actually know these people. And we can obviously speak about the behaviors that we're seeing and also know that they're not complete behaviors. So we are seeing a storyline and watching behaviors that match the storyline. Sometimes even that behavior in context is not the behavior. I think it's just, it's just something for me to remember because I think we will probably do another one of those when um, the new season of Love is Blind comes out later on this year. Maybe we'll do another episode with Donna or Marato or someone who's very, who's keen. Um, (laughs) And just to remember that it's just, a television show and to actually watch it almost like it's fiction, like it, like it is just a drama to not take it too seriously. The same thing you're saying and not to psychoanalyze too much these people, but to have the, you know, obviously the fun Mm -hmm. and remember that it isn't real. Like it's fun. And at the same time, maybe there's something to speak about about how we consume it as Mm -hmm. people um and what it really means about us more than it is about the people that they're depicting but yeah i think those are they are depicting them is what you're saying it's not a representation of yeah i mean i think we do we did touch on that a little bit or at least maybe i I feel like you know i'm always quite cynical and i um because i know i always think what if i were on a reality show and i'm like there's no version of me that wouldn't be some performance to some extent 100%. like and people say it's different with shows like Big Brother or something where eventually people just start to be themselves those like long form like Survivor and and all mm. these things like there's not you can't really perform but I at least not for very long and of course Survivor is different there's an element of strategy like you're trying to win a game it's a competition it's, you know it's a bit it's a bit different. Um, the Circle is also an interesting one on Netflix because mm. it's people being themselves actively trying to perform for other people. And they're also alone in a room. They don't have to like be in love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or anything like that. So I'm like, oh, maybe that one's one of the few exceptions. But 
100%. You can even see when, um, oh, Married at First Sight, we've talked about it, where there's a character, like you talk about all the time about the villain edit. And one mm. of the things I noticed in, in one of the seasons we were watching, because there's one person who's definitely being the villain and like incites so much stress in me. And I'm always going to be a bit upset with, with this woman. <laughs> <laughs> but I noticed that with the editing, her facial reactions, which are quite, she really would display like, I don't care and kind of disgust. And she had an arch nemesis that she was always poking at. And her face was always so I was like, wow, you're really like awful. You're a mean girl. But I was noticing that it was kind of the same reaction a few times. So I was like, the editing, oh. she's not necessarily showing this face at every moment. She at this, exactly. Like she's probably she's definitely done it once or twice, but they're they're cutting mm. it in as well to remind us. And yes, there's also something that they do, which is like every time the episode comes back, obviously with commercial breaks, maybe people feel differently about it. But the way they repeat, you know, even sometimes I find their recaps to be priming you, you to know, feel to feel mm. to feel a certain way when they film these couples. Um, they're all filmed separately and at different times and they create a chronology for us when we watch it there's a sense in which like this scene happened after this scene we don't know that we don't know that we don't know that yeah we don't know that and even like on things like love is blind the ultimatum any of those kinetic shows like they specifically have those glasses Mm. so that we can't see and we can't tell the edit i actually remember in this ultimatum queer love one where Mm. there's all these videos that went around where amal and yoli are having a conversation and yoli's got this red lipstick and every and in the actual edit every time it would pan back to her, her lipstick would be on or off. So oh. there was this editing discrepancy <laughs> that people were How noticing. Yes. They're having this conversation and then you can realize that they're not actually, that's not the conversation that they were mm-hmm. having. Or, or maybe it was, but, yeah. but it wasn't that way. We know this. There was even that uh, show, what was it called? It was called like Unseen or Uncut or un- I remember it was Unreal. Oh, yes, Unreal. Unreal. We, I think we mentioned it a couple of seasons ago. That was about sort mm. of like the Dirty Games producers play. I think a couple of weeks ago, I sent you like a video, a reel that came across my feed of one of the contestants in Ultimatum. Uh, saying, I sent that to you. Oh, you sent it to me? I thought I sent yeah, it. Yeah, it was Xander. So you tell the story. No, no, no. You tell it. Well, basically, apparently, they both had that shock. Yeah, they lied to these contestants um, saying that they would be therapists on board, which is one of the things I'm always saying is like, I hope there's licensed mental health professionals to help people move through these big emotions quickly. And apparently people agreed, believing that there would be. And during the filming, they're like, where is the help? Like, I'm losing my mind. And no one was there. And additionally to that video is, is Xander's talking about how they came onto the show not knowing the actual premise of the show mm-hmm. and only finding out basically while they're filming that this is what the show is. So Wait. we're watching them. They didn't know that they, they thought it was about working on their relationship. I yes. don't think they just didn't realize it was an ultimatum, firstly. They thought they're going to come into the show where there's going to be therapists that will help them through their, the, whatever their issues are. 
So I don't even think they knew about the partner swap. That just makes sense, though, because the whole thing at the beginning is they ask who gave who the ultimatum. Mm-mm, girl, when I tell you they didn't know what this thing was, Xander's saying, I think what probably, I don't even know if they knew that they were casting for the ultimatum. So you know how sometimes mm-hmm. they'll cast for a show like... Um, is it uh, real? Is it cake? Too hot. Yeah, yeah. Or like for, for instance, Too Hot to Handle, they say, we, we do there's this new show. It's going to, it's about like um, having fun on the beach and there's lots of sexy people um, and they're just casting for it. They don't have a title. Sometimes they do like a working title, but they don't tell you the complete premise. So like the people on Too Hot to Handle don't know the premise until they're there. I see, I see. I see. So it was something like that where they don't even know what they're getting. They literally don't know what they're getting themselves into. And I think that's another thing to highlight that we often think that these people, they know what they signed up for. And it's one of those things, the, one of the producers on this um, podcast that I was listening to said that, oh, he used to think like, he would say to himself, these people know what they've signed up for because he would, you know, use these horrible um, producing tactics to get certain emotions from them the truth is like you say they don't know what they sign up for we don't know what we'll be like in front of the cameras mm. and in these heightened you know experiences where they're trying to get heightened emotions from us but yeah that is for me it's wild um and there's actually a, a show that's on netflix now that i actually really want to watch and it it just makes me think this is what they literally do in one sense when they frank and bite. It's that's when they take the diff- like different things you've said, but then they make a sentence. Mm-hmm. So you didn't say that sentence, mm-hmm. and then you'll hear it will be like I and again and and you'll hear the sentence is fragmented because it is literally put together. Mm-hmm. But there's a it's a this show on Netflix called Deep Fake where <laughs> they use AI to they'll have like these couples come on the show and put them in these different scenarios and then the couple the like part one partner is supposed to figure out did your your partner actually do this or not and mm-hmm. they'll cgi on top of another person your partner's face and maybe your, that person is kissing somebody else and you are like now broken like oh my goodness i can't believe my partner's kissing someone <laughs> but it's cgi and you don't know but basically to remind ourselves that this whole thing the whole reality TV game, especially in dating, these dating game shows or whatever, they're deep fakes. A hundred percent. I knew this in my soul. That's why I couldn't really get on board. <laughs> I, it's, oh, it's just all entertaining. Oh. I know. I Well, this is the thing. We do say, like, were we entertained? A hundred percent. Is it completely ethical the way we became entertained? Negative. No. hundred <laughs> percent. Negative. Negative. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, gosh, you know, Ooh. there um, is no ethical consumption under capitalism, as they say. So uh, there isn't. There really isn't. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts on any of the shows we did? Have you come on board to being team um, Nathan in Insecure? Or are you still leaving? <laughs> I, I actually think one of the thoughts I do have is that I would love for us to do an episode on Issa Rae's like body of work, actually, including the stuff that she's produced, because there's just so much range there and so much innovation Mm. there. And she's just so chic and classy and slick in the way that her, you know, she's come up and there's still so much creativity. You know, she has a new show that I haven't fully got into called Rapsh, S-H exclamation point. Yes. (laughs) 
that I really, really, really want to see properly, like in a, in a proper sitting, because I just haven't had the time. And also, I love getting into like a very niche and specific um, culture. And so I, I like to, to focus, you know, because a lot of the other shows, like for instance, like Beef, you could, is obviously like filled with Asian Americans. Um, and, but for the most part, the, everything that happens in the show is kind of for a mainstream audience. It can be easily understood. You know what I mean? There's not, mm. there's not a lot of slang. There's not a lot of different dialects being used. It's very much like watchable and understandable. But I, I started Rap Shit. <laughs> now I've said it. <laughs> I don't know. It's fine. I don't think SHIT is such a bad word. You know, I kind of started the show and it. I was like, oh, I really have to focus and concentrate to even understand what's being said because right. it's so localized and so like culturally specific to me, you know, uh, as a non-African American, somebody who's not super engaged in like hip hop, you know, um, especially nowadays, you know, I have no idea what's going on. I don't, I don't know. Who anybody is every time I'm I on Spotify is and I'm, I'm like, like <laughs> I, I mean I know I've seen her I can't but... read half of these artists names the other day um I was listening to another friend's podcast and um they were talking about the musician division the artist name is written dvsn so when I tell you I've been saying this <laughs> because I just thought in my head I just say divson because I was like I guess he's not into vowels but um <laughs> the the music that me thinking like what's the artist's name though you said the the music the musician division like cool yeah. but what's the name exactly exactly so I realized I'm very behind on these things but yeah I think what I what I took most from from Insecure I was like wow what a what a groundbreaking you know show yeah. and what a just like well packaged well executed again I love that Issa's work is just like you know, it feels just very like that, yeah. like perfect and uh, together. Um, but I'm still, I'm still team Lawrence. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, from, from me, I must say I did come over to, I sort of, I sort of hot yeah. against Lawrence like hot yes. you heard I yes. and I watching throughout this throughout all five seasons I was hot like anti-Lawrence mm -hmm. and honestly you kind of convinced me otherwise I don't hate that man I wish him the best honestly and I actually think I get him mm -hmm. I get him and I I'm not mad mm -hmm. I'm not mad anymore so Mm -hmm. I've changed my thoughts there. Mm -hmm. I'm still team Nathan, but I'm not mad. I'm not mad anymore. Okay, great. Yeah. I'm I'm just, yeah. I I liked it. I got it. I like, I like, I like him as an example for other men. You know? I'm like, it's okay if you're doing woot woot on the couch. You know what I mean? Just try. <laughs> <laughs> just get up off the couch. Um, I'm curious about what you think about what's all been, it's, is it what's all been going on with, um, Harry and Megan? It's so interesting that we recorded our episode and then like, not even all a thing later, once we let it out, there was just all this stuff coming I in know. and apparently Spotify producers are calling them grifters. We mm. still haven't ha heard really from their camp, like what's going on, um, and why this has fallen through. 
I'm reading that everyone is saying Megan is terrible at podcasting and is like untalented, which I'm confused by that. I listened 100%. to the podcast. I didn't listen. I, I don't know if I've listened. I don't think I've listened to every single episode. I listened to a few of the interview subjects I was interested in. I didn't think it was a bad Same. episode. It sounded to me like your very standard, like, I actually thought that the structure she had was quite interesting and how she would, um, it was sort of like formatted like a letter. I liked how she would start with a little story about why this yes. was interesting to her, where it came from in her childhood, a little bit of a journey. And then I found the interviews interesting enough, like not groundbreaking, but I felt that they were relevant to the topic she was trying to discuss. So I don't know where the untalented um, comments are coming from or it was like not a great audio talent. And I was like, really? That seems like a harsh critique, which made me feel as though th this might be enough. And now I start to feel like a conspiracy theorist. I'm like, yes, yes. I'm like, this is a hit job. You know what I mean? No, a hundred percent. I I literally it, saw the because you sent me the article and I was like, this is yeah. a hit piece. Yes, you <laughs> you're like this feels like this man was paid to just be mean. You know. So like, apparently, the, my the understanding yeah. Yeah. is that he was kind of paid to be oh. mean. He has connections to um, one of the Rupa, the the Murdoch. Uh, newspapers or like one of the yes, media the sun things, um, or the daily uh, thing. yeah yeah which obviously are currently being sued and mm. by harry so mm. for me it's mm. hard to read these things objectively mm. um, or rather uh, to to see them as being objective when the man you and you know you're talking about that you're you know is suing your mm -hmm. boss <laughs> it feels yeah. like yeah it feels it like feel mm. objective and she had a number one podcast for a very long time so talented or not she was a superstar on spotify so and her and, and the podcast was a it was a hit so i, I also think again now this is me pulling a porsche and yeah. I'm going to say, I do think it's so easy to say that about a black woman. They will always mm. tear, down, tear you down about your talent, unsubstantiated, mm. but they'll always say that you are untalented. You're not really very good on audio or whatever it is. And mm. I just feel like it's, it's unsubstantiated, especially when the facts show that she was successful in that mm -hmm. endeavor. So I don't know what the story is with um, Spotify. What I do know is um, a lot of people have all their own criticisms about this, that Spotify CEO anyway. Okay. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, it is interesting to see a lot of the hit pieces. And there will, you know what's actually interesting for me? It, we've got a new monarch. Well, not we. They've got a new monarch. And yes. the media, you know, instead of focusing on that, the new king and queen, William and Catherine and all of that, they're constantly, daily focusing on Harry and Meghan, who left three years ago. <sighs> it's true. And it's like, okay, but... What is what do you guys have to show <laughs> for what you do? These people literally don't live in England. And we must hear all, stories every day about how their marriage is in shambles or 
they are not good or blah 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 and it feels it feels tired yeah it must um, be so frustrating to it, it either like what do they call it trying to draw blood from a stone you know it's like yeah think about it at baseline the story is quite simple it's not that complicated they tried to fit it in isn't you said no thank you they didn't want the media scrutiny they left they're trying to make a living and you still are just like those two tear but this is what it is. <laughs> and it's interesting because the article i read by this man what's his name Stu- that i sent you Stuart heritage which already mm-hmm. sounds like that kind of guy there was a part where he was kind of making fun of the fact that harry had pitched doing a podcast about childhood trauma and mm-hmm. uh, interviewing the 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 writer called them a list of world bad like mm-hmm. and, and i'm sort of like this is so cynically written like do like was yeah. he really because they make it sound like Harry was like a, an excited little boy who just well he's like I know I'm gonna interview Vladimir Putin like yeah exactly so I did that it, in a non-British accent but you know they make it seem like it's like exactly how it sounded yeah exactly like he's just like the super super silly person you know and I was like that's the part that made me so suspicious because I was like after yeah. everything they've been through you mean to tell me that they are these bumbling idiots idiots who think they can just like you know and and I knew it was cynical because afterwards he was like right because he's not busy enough like dealing with a nuclear arsenal um to come talk about how he didn't get enough hugs as a child or something and I was like first of all you need to go on this podcast so we can can unpack (laughs) so we can unpack what this (laughs) what this is really about But it absolutely does feel like once again, people are like, oh, the, the, this is, there's such an easy target to just like make stuff up yes. about, make fun of them. And, and because they've been so public, there's just so much you can like piece together. I, I don't know anything. I wasn't able to get into the producer, what he's actually saying, the CEO of Spotify, why they feel like um, they were grifted is, you know, as he put it, or I'm so sure that there's more, way more information behind oh, what deal has fallen through than this. But I just thought it was kind of eerie the way we were like, oh, let's talk about what happened with Harry and put it out and then boom. <laughs> Do you know what's so funny that's like quite eerie is and yeah. sad is that that episode we did will seemingly always be relevant because because of that like because of this that we're seeing um the the whole kitty osborne thing bringing them up on a podcast it's like why mia mia farrow did that earlier this year and it was like man why and these are all people completely wholly unqualified to say anything about people these people that they don't know Mm -hmm. and who have literally They've left the institution and they're trying to make money. They're telling their own story. And you're saying that they're whining and whatever. The truth is the media is telling you that they're doing that. Yeah. But that's not what's happening. I mean, Mia Farrow needs to mind her life because her family is not picture perfect. She's mm-hmm. literally the last lady to speak. Kelly Osborne as well. Man, I know. Last people to speak. It's just, it's, it's just interesting that we, because I, I just know that when we made the podcast, we had done it. We, we, that episode, we really was sort of like we. It felt like the story had reached a kind of conclusion, and we were just like we thought that for we real. Really thought, and we were just talking about kind of the end, but it looks like the the drama keeps going. I'm gonna need Megan evergreen, and then I, we'll I we'll will... cover it again. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I actually can't believe it's evergreen, Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
It is. It's evergreen. And we'll have our we have our Royals episode next uh, next season. Next season. My goodness. There was actually the praying you don't fall prey one. Mm-hmm. I just you know, I think about and the it's also related to the kind of cult the what was it kind of sweet kind of culty that yeah, we did? Keep, keep sweet and kind of culty from last season. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to say, guys, just to emphasize, I don't hate the church care. <laughs> You're like, I know that the way we're moving is not it ideal. seems like <laughs> Uh, I know what it looks like, but mm-hmm. I think it's just because I'm in the, you know, being a, I am a Christian mm-hmm. that it's, I feel like, I don't think I would easily criticize the Jewish community mm. or easily criticize uh, Islam or easily mm. criticize. I just don't have the cons personally, like the contextual anything really mm-hmm. from a um, experience perspective so I think for me it's just these are the things I know mm. well, um, I know and that's appropriate. I know this I don't think that we're supposed <laughs> to engage in critiques of things we don't have an awareness around and and knowledge around and some kind of apps like experiential perspective on you know yeah and to be very clear like I think what we do, you know, if if what you're expressing is sort of like, oh, you know, I don't want all people, you know, like the church isn't all evil, you know, like you're trying, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you, you, like, you I know. Like, I don't say that. like to be very clear, I think what we are both anti, what many people are are saddened by, particularly when it appears in 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 spiritual places because of what you said on the episode, like that that has you're bargaining with people's souls, with sense of, people's mm. sense of like, you know right to exist and exist in peace is the abuse of power that's all that yeah. we, we that we is what it is have an issue with, is is the abuse of power and the hypocrisy like that's yeah. that's those are the only two things that I have you know any issue with I see everything beautiful about it right but I'm also like mm. don't don't look people in the eye you know and tell them the sky is you know yellow when it's abundantly blue you know what I mean and and don't lie to your congregants you know and mm. and if you have if you hold any position of authority like do so with with some humility like it's okay if you don't know just being an authority doesn't mean you have to be all-knowing like, you are not the all-knowing exactly in fact you're not exactly like just admit to it it's a privilege mm. to serve as some kind of conduit side mm, it is yeah uh, a caretaker or for congregants you know some a sounding mm. board for congregants but the minute you mix that up with um w- when you truly do believe yourself what cynically or otherwise right like authentically yeah. or to be an intermediary you know what I mean to to literally be mm. the one who tells people what their relationship with the divine is I think sure yeah you know, you're really in- drinking the Kool-Aid. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for yourself. Because that's, yeah, power corrupts, as they often say, you know. And absolute power uh, corrupts, corrupts absolutely. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, there was a one of the people, one of the pastors that was in the documentary, you sent mm-hmm. me a post of his um, this weekend, um, the the Hillsong, I think. Was it the Hillsong yes. one or was it the... I don't know who's in the Hillsong one, yeah. 
it was the Hillsong documentary. And there is something he, in one of his Instagram, Instagram posts, because I went on other ones and um, it was something he wrote. And it actually was a thing for me that I was like, oh my word, I definitely believed this. Mm. was we arrogantly as the church believe and it's this phrase that we that came that we came up with as christians mm-hmm. um that is not biblical really it's not like the the, the bible mm. but it's that it's that phrase that the church is the hope of the world mm. and where he says it is not mm. jesus is mm-hmm. and i i'm like oh i remember i used to genuinely it was that was confronting for me mm. because I was like, oh no, I genuinely used to say the church is the hope of the world. Cause I, you know, it's this phrase that, you know, one of those phrases people say, like, love the sinner, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I hate the sin, one of those ones. I mean, I hate that one, but yeah. one of those things that goes around and you start to believe that it's biblically true and it's like real, yes. authentic Christianity or whatever. Yes. And I think it is in our, any sort of spiritual or faith journey to be open to being disrupted. Mm. And that's where the humility comes in, that we are not the all-knowing. Whatever it is you, whatever deity or thing it is you believe, there is something in us that believes that there is something more bigger than us. Mm -hmm. Um, For those of us who believe in that, that knows more and to not believe ourselves to be the all-knowing and to be open to being confronted with our own beliefs and to check like does that still line up is that still true and not just with faith but in anything because Mm -hmm. that's how we grow is that belief about my belief about how I deal with money still is it still useful is it still valuable does it still serve me is my whatever belief about um how I Uh, succeed in this world is that still fruitful and to be open to be confronted and change our minds about things and I think that when power gets a hold of our beliefs it's difficult to change them yeah and to be open to letting go of that power and once our beliefs grant us a power (laughs) yeah that we don't want to let go of no absolutely yeah things right I think I had said, I think abuse of power, hypocrisy, but the supremacy of it all. Yeah. Really, it's it's a doozy because there is that, that supremacy bit of it where it's like, well, and, and in all, you know, in different religions have this element. There's a, you know, extremists mm. that were like, well, we're the truest one. We're obviously the correct one. Mm. I remember when I was younger, I, and, and had not, I had no critical thinking yet. I felt so lucky, you know, because I was fed on that. You know what I mean? I was like, mm. oh, lucked out really landed on the answer, <laughs> never have to think again. You know what I mean? And then you get confronted by the world. And I think some people get confronted and they're like, whoa, maybe I didn't have the answer. And other people get confronted and they're like, absolutely not. I'm doubling down. Double down. My answer, yeah. You know, because it feels safer and better. And like, because also remember when we all used to wear the bracelets that were like, what would Jesus do? And I never like, did. Literally nobody's asking themselves that question for real. You know <laughs> And also, we don't know. We don't. We absolutely don't know. But I think we can hazard a guess, you know. But anyhow, we um, can hazard a guess. But yeah, I yeah. think that's. Um, I don't know. Do we have any other thoughts? 
No, I, I think mean, we can probably give when we do our last episode also. Yeah, any I think thoughts. those those are my updates. I'm really excited for um, the show that we've chosen to be our finale. I think there's enough time between now and when we record that episode that I'm 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 actually going to rewatch um, <laughs> the season to the best of my ability just to really have it fresh because I really want to have I really want to highlight the monologue for me. Like we're going to have trouble picking a quote. This is the problem we're going to have. We, I, yeah, we, we need to think about it. But anyway, thank you all for listening to our um, haphazard updates. We just wanted to make sure you know that we- We're evolving. We, we're evolving, you know, we keep thinking about these things. We don't know. And uh, guys, can you send us some emails? Can somebody ask us some questions? Yeah, and also <laughs> like, tell us what shows you'd love for us to, to chat about. Actually, that's very, yes, please do that. We should, we'll put that in the Spotify poll or something. Um, but we'd yeah. love and maybe ask folks on the Instagram um, so that we can, you know, be a little bit more engaged. But so far, so good. I can't believe we're already 14 episodes in with one more to go. Can't wait to chat. I know. I'm so, and I'm also just really, really excited about next season and the things that we're going to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I don't want to give too much away, but maybe you might be able to see us guys in the near future. Hey. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe maybe we'll make the crazy jump from audio to visual. Video. <laughs> I tell you, I'm so negative about this. But we'll see. We can start small. Okay. We can start small. We'll talk soon. Love you, Porsche. Bye. Bye. If you listen to the show and you like it and you love it and you want to support it and help other people find us please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Even if you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, please hop over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Assume It Will Be Brilliant Pod. And if you have any questions, queries, or comments, please email us at assumeitwillbebrilliant at gmail.com. And remember, step out into the unknown, assuming it will be brilliant.